podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Alright folks, so this is a new podcast by myself, Sean Ammo and Danny Roberts. And we're here to discuss the Liverpool Football Club Irish Connection, or Northern Irish Connection, depending on how you see it. Okay, first of all, first after all the podcast, let's tell us about ourselves. Okay, so Danny, how did you come to move over here? Uh, I moved over here in 2012, so I've been over here for just over seven years now. Uh, I moved over here, I suppose loads of people will be thinking the same thing. I moved over here because my wife is from over here. And we got engaged, we got married over here, and then we live over here, um, just out in the middle of nowhere. She moved me out from inner city Liverpool, living right outside Everton's football ground, to living <laughs> in the back end of nowhere. Um, but I've got used to it over time, and I, I enjoy living over here. And obviously me and you knew each other before yeah, this, because yeah. you ended up here before me, didn't you? Yeah, I've been over here, I probably wouldn't be much longer than you. Um, same kind of story, I settled in a wee small town. Um, for anyone listening, um, not from Ireland or Northern Ireland, you see, imagine a small town in Wales as a kid where everyone knows each other and you know everyone knows the local shop, the local butchers. <laughs> That's literally how it happened for me. Um, I have two sons, one only a couple of weeks old there, so I've moved kind of close to the city. Uh, we're both kind of near Belfast, aren't we now, Danny? Yeah. Um, which is kind of what we used to. We used to the hustle bustle of the city life, but... It's still got the suburbs that are very fieldy, as you would say, and <laughs> like that small town in Wales. Um, but yeah, we played in the same football team, um, Frontline Academy. We did, yeah. We did. <laughs> it um, feels like years ago now. It is. Uh, I don't think we played with for that long, did we? Was it maybe a year, maybe one season? Yeah, I was going to say one season, I think we played, didn't we? Was you there in the season that we got we, the National Cup, we were in London? Yeah. Yes, and we were winning 2-0. Yeah. And we got beat 3-2. Yeah. Yeah, let's not go there. I know. Manager started me on the bench, so I don't even want to talk about Oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let, let's move on swiftly. <laughs> but yeah, we played for a year in the same football team, didn't we, Danny? We kept in, in contact with social media. Yeah. Um, when we moved over to Ireland, we kept in contact. But we realised that we lived the opposite, the opposite side of Ireland mm. since I've moved up here recently. And we've been playing a lot of football together. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of how we know each other. It was the same, similar story with me, two sons... Happy enough over here, get back to the pool as often as we can. We're both proud scouters, aren't we? Exactly, exactly. So that's what, um, that's what it's all about. But the Liverpool Irish connection, we really want to name that in the title because over here in Belfast and lots of places of Ireland or Northern Ireland, there's a massive connection with Liverpool the city and Liverpool the football club. Mm. Um, there's some real diehard Liverpool fans, Man United fans, Celtic Rangers, you know, there's some diehard football fans over here. I didn't realise they were as hardcore as they were until I actually moved over here. I sort of thought, people that live in Liverpool are proper Liverpool fans. Anybody that lives outside of Liverpool really is a glory hunter. And yeah. that's all I ever thought. Until I moved over here. But the actual, the time it takes for people to be a Liverpool fan over here, it sounds weird, doesn't it? But, like, the amount that you think to yourself, we used to, like, I'm sure, like me, used to go to loads of the games and stuff yep. like that. And that's one of the things I miss about living in Liverpool. But over here, like, the money you have to spend on airfare and getting over there, staying in a hotel, Course, yep. all these different things. You're spending, like, nearly a grand to go and watch one football match. Yep. And, like, if it finishes at 0-0, I'm t- I, I think if I was born over here and I went over for one game and it finished 0-0, I just wouldn't support the team anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but they do. I was speaking to a taxi driver there uh, not too long ago. And he's been over for like 11 games this season so far. He travels away as well and he lives over here. So he basically spends every bit of money that he has free supporting Liverpool. Man. That's unbelievable. Um, 
and yeah, you go to some of the bars. Um, give a shout out to Bar Dicey Rallies in Strabande. Um, the atmosphere for some of the games are electric. Mm-hmm. And I mean, flares, bouncing. Um, I always remember a couple of years ago, I'll tell you a story that really made me love the Liverpool Arch connection. Um, St. Patrick's Day, a few years ago, Liverpool played Man United in the Europa League quarterfinal yeah. when Coutinho did that bit of magic and he, he dinked it over the hair. Mm. Oh my God, the, I know it was Paddy's Day and whatever, but the the atmosphere that day, it was an evening game, it was Paddy's Day, it was Liverpool United, the atmosphere in the bar, you couldn't move and it was just, you know, only Liverpool United could have brought that type of fan base in the middle of somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's plenty, plenty of die-hard Liverpool fans over here in Ireland, Northern Ireland, and the yeah, and I think they deserve a bit of credit. Being over here and experience it firsthand, they deserve the credit. And I think this hopefully this podcast will go some way in applauding the, you know, the fans that they have over here. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, keeping that Irish-Liverpool Anfield Road connection. Um, our topics today, Danny. Okay, so we're going to discuss the Sheffield United match, um, which was obviously yesterday for ourselves. Um, this podcast was going out on Sunday, so it would be three days ago. Um, the Merseyside derby, which is coming up. be a tough game oh. with, you know, Ancelotti in charge. We've got a debate, which we're going to have every single week. Um Today is going to be Dejan Lovren. Oh, me and you have, I am looking forward to this one. Me and you have different <laughs> opinions on, on, on Dejan Lovren, don't we? Um, and yet, so without further ado, um, let's discuss Sheffield United. Well, Danny, we are a year unbeaten in the league. How does that sound like? That's ridiculous when you think about it, isn't it? 366 days it is now, and we haven't lost a single game. Like... Because we talk a lot, like I'm sure you remember, same as me, the whole Arsenal unbeatable yes. season. Uh, the Perez, Omri and all, yeah. Like, and that is just historical. And you think to yourself, I remember watching that and thinking, no team will ever like replicate yeah. that. Like, that'll never happen again. And the, and the league, the Premier League, has only got better since then. You think when Arsenal done that, you had sort of like the top four. I yeah. think about that the other day. You think Arsenal, like Chelsea. And Liverpool. Liverpool yeah. and, and like to think... Like the the league has got better now. You've maybe got like sort of a top seven, a top eight, and to go an entire calendar year unbeaten, like it just it's it's baffling. Like to think that Liverpool can do that. I think you have to pinch yourself as a Liverpool fan these days. Um, me and Danny of a, a generation, you know, we're in our let's say latter twenties, <laughs> and we've we've not seen Liverpool win a league title. You know, um, we've always seen Liverpool being like the early guys, the guys that are. You know, we're better than the mid-table teams, but we've not actually won a league title. We've mm-hmm. won the odd cup along the way, which has been brilliant. But the, to be this good in the league at the moment, I think you have to pinch yourself. Um, we are what we are thirteen points clear at the top of the table with a game in hand. Mm-hmm. City are firing at all signals. You know, Leicester, although they're very good, I don't think they're going to do what they done a few years ago. Mm. You, we've had the question about injuries. How many players have we got injured at the moment? We've got Chikiri. We've got Fabinho, who's probably up until he got injured our player this season. Yeah. You've got, you know, Sha- I say Shakira Fabinho, you've got young Ryan Brewster injured, um Matip. Yeah. Lovren, we'll come back into him, but <laughs> the amount of players that we've got injured and people saying that yeah. as soon as Liverpool got a few injuries, they're not gonna but we've just stood the test of time. I think we've got an inner determination and a grit of that Liverpool team that just It's a pleasure to watch. Yeah. And yesterday proved that though you think in the warm up like actually in the warm up Keita got injured yeah, and we were able to just bring in another man and still dominate the game and he's come into a bit of form yeah you know, Keita's come into a bit of form and like he's actually probably been our best player over the December period mm. 
And so, and then you've got James Noel coming in. What can you say about James Noel? Just give him a shout out there. What a guy he is! I, I love James Noel, and like he's him. There's been a few players throughout sort of the Premier League era that I've been watching that like have really stood the test of time, and Milner is one of them. To come into a team like that, the press is that hard, the push is that hard. You've seen like the Arsenal game at the weekend. Arsenal had to really sort of push themselves for that win. Uh, well, the draw. Um, and they, they were pulling cramp, they were going down, and yet Milner, at the age that he's at, he yeah, is putting in shifts week after week after week at that high-intensity level and is still able to Left do Left back, it. right back, centre midfield, behind the strikers. He could even he could probably even do a job with, with, with Salah and Marnian, you know, in that front three if he had to. Um, unbelievable, but it just goes to show. And on our bench last night, if I remember, there was four youngsters on. Mm. You know, Harvey Elliott, come on, made his Premier League debut. Is he seventy sixteen seventeen now? Yeah, that's unbelievable. You know, it's it just goes to show that we've had a few injuries and we've stood the test of time. Mm. Um, the game last night, Danny, um, good start with Mo Salah's gun. Yeah, um, I think there's healthy competition between Manny and Salah. You know, but it is think, it's an interesting one because Sa- Salah for me hasn't been playing well all season. Like, for, like you think of like the way he played last season and, and sort of the stats that he made, the goals that he scored, he and the season played, before that even, yeah. yeah. And he he hasn't been playing well, but yet he's still getting goals, he's still getting assists, he's still putting the shift in. But yeah, I think him and Mane, and I think you can see that a little bit in the way that they react to each other. I don't know whether you've seen yesterday when Mane scored the second goal. Yeah. Like Salah didn't even go up and celebrate with him. And I think there's that. But he, set him, up, he set him up though. Exactly. I don't think there's a hatred between the two of them, but I think there's a competition. But does that not make Liverpool bigger? And better. It's what you want, isn't it? Like any good team, and you've seen that in the the Man City teams over the mm. last few seasons. Competition makes players better, mm. and and that's what they need. The competitive players, they're playing top level. They need that competition. They need something to drive them. You've seen Messi and Ronaldo over the yeah. years have been exactly the same. Yeah, Having course. that competition makes you better, and that's what like, that's what's doing it for them. Which is good. well, it was just a great start, and I think you know Sheffield United have had a fantastic season. I'm sure people watched the interview with Chris Wilder after the game. He was nothing but applauding the team and how good. You know Liverpool are. And I, and I give, you've got a, this is the Premier League. It's the best league in the world. And Sheffield United, you know, if I'm wrong, correct me. Was sitting fifth or sixth before this game. Mm. They're fifth or sixth team in the greatest league in the world. And Liverpool, people have said it quite often, made last night look like a training match. Yeah. And as I say, all the players that we got injured, you know, um, I really, really think that we're watching something special. Um, the game last night, I say Salah got a goal. Manny got a goal for Firmino nearly scored a worldie with the curl in the yeah. top end that was just I don't think we played that well what, what do you think? No I think we went out there to just control the game didn't we and professional think, performance yeah and we knew Sheffield are a good attacking team they really put it to teams like you've seen it when they played City um, yeah. and they sort of they, they don't sit back and pass it round play easy passes they're going for that forward pass and they knew like we knew that Sheffield were going to do that so yeah. we went out there to try and just dominate them and just wear them down and I think, in honesty, Sheffield's performance almost seemed like it was, we're going out there to try and get a 0-0. Yeah. Like, we're going out there, try and hold them off, yeah. try and stop them scoring. Like, that's all we need to do. And then once we scored, Sheffield just looked like they had no plan B. Yeah. Um, Chris Wilder made me laugh. I don't know whether you whether you thought it in the interview afterwards. He like, I've never seen anyone love over another manager before in the way that he did <laughs> in that game. Yeah. Before the match, they were saying that Sheffield United lost the last game and mm. they normally bounce back really well in the second game. And he was like, oh, but our next game has never been against the world champions. And then at the end, he gave his interview and then he was saying, oh, well, like, 
oh, like I love Klopp's mentality. I love the way Klopp plays. I love his team. I love his style. I love mm. the way his hair flows in the wind. He just yeah, like, I, probably loved over at the end. As a proper football, I agree what you're saying. As a proper football fan, I, I consider myself, and I watch a lot about football. You see a lot of managers who. A lot of people in football, pundits, managers, whatever, they talk about real gritty characters in football. And Chris Wilder seems to be one of them. Yeah. So if he's saying stuff like that, he's got the admiration for Liverpool, what we're achieving at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't won the league, but we're going to. I've had years of you know, people coming into my face saying, blah, 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 you think you're going to win it and you've slipped up and all. We're not going to slip up this year, I'm confident. I know it's a long road. I know the team's are, but what we're producing at the moment. I wouldn't even say Liverpool hit third gear last night. Mm. And we comfortably won fifth, sixth in the league, two 0 Yeah, it could have been four or five. You know, um, I just think we're seeing something unbelievable. I have to give a shout out to the fullbacks as well. I mean, everyone hears about them, everyone talks about them, but like, you've got the, you've got the competitors between Salah and Manny. Obviously, you've got the gel, which is Firmino. All right, you've got the hard workers, which are Juan Alden Henderson. You know, those two there in centre midfield. You've always got to have one of them. Yeah, when you have both of them, they just give you that work rate. You know, but Arnold. A right back and Robinson at left back, you know, even seeing them switch sides last night and stuff, they are literally what can I say about them? Like there's the old saying that Carragher said, no one wants to grow up to be a guy in Apple. Yeah. I think there's plenty of people around the world now watching Alexander Arnold and Andrew Robinson saying that they want to grow up and be one of them. Yeah. Because they're just they define the odds of football. Mm. That you know remember Beckham, everyone used to crave about Beckham's crosses. Yeah. Would you turn around and say Beckham was a better cross than Arnold? I know that's the thing, like, when Beckham was what, twenty one, twenty two? Yeah. Was he better than Arnold? No, no chance. No. And look what Arnold's doing. He's a Champions League winner. He's been to two consecutive Champions League finals. He's an England international. You know, and this is at the age of 21 years of age. You know, and Robinson come from nowhere. Come from absolutely nowhere. Scottish League too. And again, European champion world. Ugh. I don't want to say that, you know, it's unbelievable. It is, it's crazy, like, because you think, like, as you said, left-backs and right-backs have always been your position. You know, when you play amateur league football, normally either you're sort of, your lazy players, your fat players, your unfit boys, you think, throw them at left-back or right-back, keep them out of the way of the game. Yeah. Where, like, they have revolutionised the game now in terms of your left-back and your right-back have to be as fit as a fiddle to be able to play because teams are starting to realise that full-backs can, can massively be a part of that game yeah. and you can sort of play a sort of midfield three keep it tight in the centre of the park and let your fullbacks do all the work down the wing and like the way you were seeing Robertson and Trent they were playing the short passes across the back four and then suddenly pinging 50-60 yard balls as so, if it was nothing as if it was just a normal control pass. just like just Trent's, Trent's control is unreal like, yeah. and you've seen that yesterday the amount of times he took those long diagonal balls and he just took it down like it was nothing yeah. like, like it was a training ground game yeah. and like it was just it was crazy to watch um, it's made it a nightmare for the likes of myself as a left back who plays <laughs> a left back that was always used to not having to do too much work Don't and now put your, manager, down, Danny, you know? your manager is now expecting you to do 70 yard runs every time you get the ball <laughs> um, but, but to watch as a Liverpool fan it's unreal people say you know, Arnold's defensive side isn't the best. And do you know what? He couldn't turn around and go, he's the best defender in the history of football. No. But the way Liverpool play, it doesn't need to be. Yeah. You know, we attack teams and he's a, he's an integral part of that attack and, you know, the assists and stuff. So it doesn't need to be. It's unfair to say that Arnold isn't a great defender because at the end of the day, we're controlling games. Mm. You might only have to defend three or four times an entire game. You know, if you've got players that like, no disrespect to like, to Crystal Palace, the Southamptons, players like that are probably defending the whole match. Yeah. They're going to look good because they're always involved in the game defending. So I don't think you can, I think, I honestly think Arnold with his pace, with his reading of the game, and with his, you know, maturity and professionalism, I think he, he could do a job at like a mid-table ta- team 
and I think he would, you know, if he had a lot more defending to do, yeah, he would be, you know, wouldn't consider us not as good at defending, basically. Yeah. But I think Andrew Robinson and Arnold, they just deserve all the credit they can get. And, you know, I think, as again, we have to pinch ourselves as Liverpool fans because all these players are, like, young. You know, I think Robin's 26, yeah. Arnold's 21, Salah and Mane, are they 27, 28? Yeah. Mino, I think, is 28, 29. We've got a really young team. We've got three or four years with this squad. You know, Henderson's twenty nine, and another another unsung hero, Jordan Henderson. Um, I thought he. I think he got given man of the match last night by the coaches team. Um, For me, I wouldn't say he was the man of the match. It was just a solid, decent performance. But the thing about Jordan Henderson is he's unappreciated. He does that every single week, and people go nuts about him passing sideways and passing backwards. But at the highest level, you need that to. You you think every side would pass. And backwards passes to players are chasing, but and he's tiring the players out. But the likes of Salas, he likes his Firmino's, he likes your Manny's to control the game and have that little, little bit of space. Yeah, um, I think he's you know got a lot of unfair criticism, and it's good to see him getting the recognition now. Yeah, that he deserves coming in from Gerard as the captain. You know, no one was ever going to be as good as Gerard, but mm. I think he's done a pretty darn job, and he's proved the critics wrong. Yeah, oh, it's big boots to fill. That's the thing is that you think to yourself, it's like anything. It's like when when Moyes came in for Alex Ferguson. Like, yeah, it's big boots to fill. It's not a case of oh, I'm just going to come in and instigate the way I want to play, and everything's going to be great. Like everyone, there's an expectation, and and as Henderson came into that role from Gerard, I think Gerard even said it in his autobiography. Gerard didn't think Henderson was captain material for Liverpool, yep. but he has grown into that role. I think yep. we'll look back in 10 years' time and see Henderson like a Milner. Yes. That, that yes, Henderson, everyone goes, oh, yeah, well, Henderson plays well, he put in a solid yeah. performance, but he puts in a solid performance every single he's week. He's 7, 8 out of 10 every week. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's improved his game. You look at Henderson two seasons ago to Henderson yeah. now. Henderson, every time he got the ball, he looked back at his centre-back and he passed yeah. it back to him. Now he's not. He's got a range of passing. Went for being forward. He goes yeah. for it. Like went for Benio coming. He knew that was like that was Henderson's position. Benio's coming proved that that's Benio's position. Henderson had to move out slightly on the right. He yeah. spoke with Klopp, and he's you know okay. He's filling in now for Benio because he's injured. But just go show he's versatile as well. A bit like Milner. Yeah. You know these these are players that you know he's big in the in the dressing room, big on the pitch wherever Bishop playing him, and will do a job. And it gives the players like Salah and Mane a chance. To show what they're made of, yeah, um, and I think you know what he's, his football ability isn't bad. Some of the balls he whips in, yeah, um, he never seems to lose a fifty-fifty. And there's a lot of people say you know around the stands, around field and stuff, he sets the tempo. Yeah, you know, clock can talk all day, but Henderson sets the tempo, and fair play to him. And that's what you need. You need that as a captain. Like as I said, yeah, I think we all we have been, we were spoiled over the years. Yes, our team weren't as good over the years, but yeah. having Gerrard as a captain was. Was unreal, like for, yeah. for any team, like for, to have Gerard sitting there as your captain every week that could just change games. Yes. Henderson is is not going to be a Gerard, and we all know that. Yeah. But what you need as a captain is somebody that is going to graft every week, and is somebody who's going to set that tone. That he's got passion, he's got commitment, he is always playing well, and the team follow that, and the team watch the habit, and that's why going back to the whole Trent and Robertson thing, Trent Trent and Robbo. They play the way that they do because they know they've got that confidence that if they bomb forward and they don't defend as much, they play in a system where Klopp has told them, if you bomb forward, you do what you need to do, be creative, and if you lose the ball, Henderson's going to be there to get it yeah. for you. Or and Van they Dijk. know that. They know or... that Henderson's going to drop in, they're going to make a back three with sort of Henderson, Van Dijk and, and Gomez at the minute, yeah. and they don't need to be as defensively minded. They're playing in a system that allows them to play the way they're doing, and that's because of Henderson. He's the sort of yeah. linchpin in that system because he grafts. Well, he's hard to see, but I thought Gomez was outstanding last night. Uh, 
Van Dijk gets his, his, his credit, which oh, Van Dijk's just fucking his eyes are old right of football. It's unreal, like. But I thought Gomez was great last night. He's 22. Like, I love Gomez playing. The pace that the two of them have got at the back, as they said, I think yes. they said it in commentary, we were still playing such a high line. Because we can. Be- yeah, because if, if they play a ball over the top, mm. Van Dijk or Gomez are going to get to it. Well, that's, I think the commentator so said last night about uh, a player, I can't remember going through, and Van Dijk, give him, give him a yard, because he knows Van Dijk can get that yard. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, unbelievable. And it just stems things. I can't even know when the games run beaten at the moment or winning a row, including all competitions. But it's the FA Cup on Sunday. Yeah. And it's Everton. Okay, under Carlo Ancelotti. Merseyside Derby. I went to Scousers. Um, tell me about your experiences in the Merseyside Derby, Danny. <laughs> so, you know, so what, what's your what's your what's the initial thought that comes to your head? Ah, uh, it's hard to even put into a perspective. It's hard to put it into a sentence. What you think when you think of the Merseyside Derby? My, I suppose, similar to yourself, my family is split down the middle. Yep. My mum's family are all massive Everton fans. Right. My dad's family are all massive Liverpool fans. Um, my uncle on my mum's side um, is part of the supporters group. My cousin over the summer followed Everton through Kenya when they went to, on the African tour and stuff like that in pre-season. Like. And I mean, so it's not it's not one of those where it's like, oh yeah, we all support a team. Like my family are hardcore into yeah. into the teams that they support. Okay. So the derby is all about bragging rights. You start getting the abuse. My cousins are on Facebook straight away and they're yeah. starting to give you abuse about it. Uh, and this, it's all season, but it hypes up when it comes to the derby. Yeah. And like the second they got Carlo Ancelotti, I think a little bit of fear went through my body because Carlo Ancelotti... just think he went for the money? Oh, I think he, yeah, I think he knows that he's going to get money to be able to make big signings. Yeah. And but that's the worry is that Everton have got money now. They've got the potential that they could become a really, really good team, mm. and they've got a manager that can put them there now. So it can't, it kind of scares me. Well, so, I mean, <laughs> you could, I suppose, you call them sleeping giants. I mean, the first Merseyside derby was in eighteen ninety four, and Everton won three nil. This meeting will be the two hundred thirty fifth meeting. Liverpool have won ninety four. Um, Everton have won 66 and there's been 74 draws. The biggest victory for Liverpool was a 6-0 victory in 1935. And the top goal scorer in, in Merseyside derbies is the one and only Ian Rush. Merseyside derby, what does it mean to me? I mean, the night before I generally get nervous. Mm. Look, I get nervous tonight at United and you know your big games, even City these days, but... Merseyside Derby is just something special. The city more or less does come to a standstill. I know these people in Liverpool don't like football, but the city comes to a standstill and you've got your alliance. You're Liverpool or you're Everton. Yeah. And that's it. And I mean, I, I always, I used to say with Everton fans, and I don't want to disrespect them, but like a lifetime of misery. Um, that's because any Everton fans I've known my age, they've had a lifetime of misery. But what, it's one of the biggest stars in world football because Everton have got the longevity and Liverpool have got the longevity of being in the top league. Yeah. So this is, a, this is a Premier League derby. You know, even City and United, even what, 15 years ago, that would have been, if they drew each other in the FA Cup, that would have been a championship team versus a Premier League team. Yeah. You know, other teams, you know, Southampton and Portsmouth and, you know, Middlesbrough and Newcastle, you no know, big derbies within England. Yeah. But that's, you've always got a team or two that could be down below. Everton have always been in the top league along with Liverpool for as long as I remember. Yeah. So it's a big derby. What does it mean to me? Um, have you been? Have you been to a derby? I've been to a few. What one do you remember? What sticks out in your mind as like the main derby that you've been? Do to? Do you know what? Um, it was actually at Goodison Park, and I think Jibbal Cisay blast from the past. Yeah, yeah. He scored. Um, it was a great goal. He come through. Um, the one that comes into my mind, um, I wasn't at it, was the Suarez when he dived in front of Moyes. Oh yeah. You know, all, all <laughs> the, I, I, you just there's 
you've just got to laugh. You know, he just died right in front of me, isn't it? Which is <laughs> wasn't it just not class to say as a Liverpool fan, you know? I think it epitomised what it means to the city when he'd done that. The fact that the, he is from Uruguay, but yet he knew what the derby was all about enough that he was going to... Like absolutely throw it in front of boys and like start to ridicule them when he scored a goal. It was just class. I'm sorry, like it was just <laughs> great to see. But I think this derby now um, is going to be a, a lot tougher than previous ones. The reason being, I think, is obviously Ancelotti coming in charge. Everton won silverware. Mm. You know, Liverpool have had the success of silverware, and Everton have watched Liverpool win trophies. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if we haven't won the league in 30 years. We've still won since their last won the trophy. We've won two Champions Leagues. We've won a UEFA Cup. We've won couple of FA Cups, you know, we've won the league couple couple Everton have watched Liverpool do all this, so they won a trophy. So I think Everton will be going full strength. Yeah. And I think in past experience of watching Klopp, he's gonna rest players. Yeah. You know, I think not to under undermine the FA Cup, because I think it's I think it's part of the big trophies. You know, I understand why he did with the League Cup, but I'd love to win an FA Cup. I think it's a special day in May. You know, it's it's apart from the Champions League final, it's a final game of the season. Yeah. Um but I think Klopp will be forced to make changes, um, just through experience and through, you know, the team are getting a tightened. Players do need rests. Um, I think we'll see the likes of Curtis Jones, you know, coming, okay. um, and I think he will rest players, um, which will make it, you know, a bit more of an even playing field. Yeah, you know, I think Klopp knows though. Klopp knows that Liverpool fans want the league this season. Yes, and I think. I think he knows that nobody will be overly gutted if he plays a, a team of reserves. I don't yeah. think he's going to do like he did in the last cup and, and no. play all youngsters. No, but I think he's he's going to start with the Rigi. He's maybe going to give yeah. Harvey Elliott a game, and yes. he's going to change the team about quite a lot. Yes, um, I think the Sheffield United game will help us. Yeah, um, because I think he was thinking to himself that he's going to more or less switch the entire squad, but because the game slowed down as much as it did and Liverpool dominated as much as he did, he brought off. Marnie, he, he brought off boys like this, he brought yeah. off Robertson, and I think he may start them. I think it'll be mixed, Everton, as maybe. you say, with it being Everton, I think it just ups it a little notch. You know, if, yeah. you, if you're playing a League 2 team, I think it wouldn't be as, as important. Because it's Everton, because it's at Anfield, you've just got to have a bit of a bit of experience in there, you know. So yeah. I think it'll be a mixed team. I can see it being 1 0 either way. Um, my heart is telling me Liverpool. My mind is saying it could be a, a toss of a queen. Yeah, that's the truth. Because um, let's be honest, it'll make their season. If, if Everton beat Liverpool in the FA Cup, doesn't matter if we win the league or win the Champions League. Everton fans will be going on about they'll bring a DVD out. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> old saying Everton win against Liverpool, bring a DVD out. You know, that's, you know people from Liverpool listening will know know, know what I'm on about there. Um, but yeah, I think me, me heart saying one nil Liverpool. My mind is saying it'll be one nil either way, and it could be a toss of a coin. Because I think Everton are going to go full strength, and that that could be an even, especially with Ancelotti coming in, and he's got a decent enough record against Liverpool. Yeah, um, and it's uh, you know if Everton finished seventeen from Monday FA Cup, you know they'd be they'd bring the hundred DVDs out. <laughs> Do you know what I'm trying to say here? You know, but the main side yeah. derby, it's 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 a it's a big big game within Liverpool. Yeah, um, it's like it's like any rivalry, isn't it? I think. As you as you said, I think my head is telling me similar to you that I think Klopp will rest players, and I think there's a there's a chance we may lose this game, um, because of that. Mm. Because I think Klopp is going for the league this season, and I totally don't blame him from a, yeah. from a perspective of a manager. You want to rest your players so that yeah. you can really focus on the league because yeah. he knows that the fans want the league more than anything. I think you ask season. any Liverpool fan get beat against seven FA Cup and win the league. 
I'd say you take it. Of course like, you would. Yeah. Do you know, let, 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 let the small club yeah. off the little, the, the, little <laughs> the little moment. Sorry, are we Rafa quote there? <laughs> so it was, on, it was on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago. So he didn't mean to say small club, he meant to say small team. <laughs> That's well, not any better. Well, do you know what? Um, <laughs> obviously, they're not a small club and a small team, but compared to Liverpool, they are. So, at, know, the, at the minute, especially. Then they, this is a Liverpool podcast, so I'm going to put it out there that, you know, a lifetime measure of Everton fans, you know, if they get the win on, on Sunday, fair play to them. But yeah, we're probably going to win the league, so who really, who really cares? <laughs> but in saying that, not to undermine the FA Cup, if we get the win, as you get to the quarter-final, semi-final stages, you know, we in theory could have to have the league tied up five, six games ago. Yeah. So that's around the stages that we played this, this you know, the quarter-finals and, and, and the semi-finals of the yeah. FA Cup. United have done it. Was it 2001 or 1999 they've done the treble? Yeah. Why can't Liverpool? Do you, do you think that team, I mean, we were fairly young them days, do you think that United team is better than this Liverpool team now? No, no. So why why couldn't we? You know. So yeah, as equal as you said, you need to rest players. I would say, you know, don't don't underestimate that it's Everton. Yeah, it's still a Merseyside derby, and the fans want it. That's the thing is that you know, like in any up. any rivalry, the fans they want they want to win. They'll like be pumped you, up. I know that we want the league, yeah. all the rest of it. But as you said, you don't want to lose. As I said yeah. to you, like I know with my family connections and stuff like that. You won't hear the end of it. Yeah. We we can sit there all day and say, "Oh well, we had a weakened team out. We didn't. We had resting all these players." Doesn't matter. That is not going to stop your family, your friends from giving you absolute dogs abuse for weeks if we lose exactly. the same. That first tackle, I think Curtis Jones was starting. I think that first tackle from probably Curtis Jones, like we've seen from Gerard in the past, yeah, um, Arnold in the past. I think that first tackle just set the tempo. Um, just be interesting to say, Danny, to see the team um, and what the team plays because um, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Do you but, think that do you think Mane had won a play? I was I was listening yesterday, one of the mad stats that came out that Mane in his career has never ever lost at Anfield. Yes. Like that is it's ridiculous. Like yeah. that's it's well what near sixty games and yeah. he's, he's never ever lost. One for Southampton and then the rest of them for Liverpool. Like do you think he'll want to play in this game thinking that he might lose that record? <laughs> I think he will. I think Klopp clever. He's, he's he seems to even from the start of the season up until we are now. Every other game, he'll take one of the big three out. Mm. So it'll be Mane, Salah, or Firmino. I don't think he'll start all three. I think he'll rest maybe one or two. So you say Irigi and Elliot yeah. will come in. Um, I think he'll play. Will he start? I don't know. Um, I think one of the front big three will start because I just don't think we've got, unless you're playing kids, I don't think we've, we, we've got the you know the squad that we can play three strikers you know, with Brewster being injured. And, but obviously a big one that we've got to, to mention is Miramino. Yeah. He's going to make his debut. Yeah, so I think he's match fit. Mm. I think he'll come in. I think he plays in that position, doesn't he? So it could be a chance for him to impress. It'd be interesting, though, though, because Klopp has got a sort of history of the fact that he never brings players straight into a team. You look at Robertson, the amount of time he had to wait Fabinho. to start. Fabinho's another one. Like he's, he never just just throws people into a game. He makes them sit there. He makes them wait. He makes them watch and get behind the mindset of the club. Do you think he'll leave him on the bench and make him watch, or nah, do you think he'll throw him in? I think you know he needs muscle. I think he'll start him. I think he's seen him enough in the, the games um, we played in the Champions League. I think he's match fit. Mm. Um, I think there was issues with Robinson's match fitness and Fabinho's match fitness and stuff like that. So I think you, you throw him in there. Um, and see how he gets on. That's not my opinion. I would throw him straight in, yeah. you know, give one of the front three a rest. Because um, imagine, you know, if he becomes a star for Liverpool, imagine him and Origi coming off the bench. Like, you know, I know Origi isn't, he's not quite the level of Salah, Mane and Firmino, but, you know, he's, most Premiership teams have taken yeah. in the squad. So I think you've got to, 
you can't underestimate the job that Origi's done off the bench. Yeah. And if he has Miramino, the, the age of him again, for twenty-four, yeah. And then he got Miramino come off the bench. I just think it could be, he could be the missing link in between Liverpool, you know, walking the league. Liverpool just about winning the league. Yeah. I think just having an extra. If, if so, Salro, if Minamino comes in, does an amazing job, and Salro Manny comes in, because gets injured or gets suspended or whatever. Yeah, you, you're gonna feel more confident having him coming in if he's if he gets get, get off to a good start and coming in as an unknown quantity. Yeah, you know. Um, and I think the the front three need that competition. They need. Yes. We talked about that before with Salah and Manny, but I think yeah. having some. Really fourth bench. choice. He knows his fourth choice, yeah. and he's almost happy being fourth choice. Don't think this will be the same with Mary Minow. No, I think he'll, he'll push for that starting yes. place, which will will make Salad and Mane up the game. Every top every top three side needs that. Yeah. Over the years you've seen it, you know, City has it. City know. have basically got two great players for every single position, and that's why they've done so well, because they're competing against yeah. themselves. Riyad Morris come in for was it 70, 80 million, and I think last season he set, he sat out six games in a row on the bench, didn't even get on the pitch. Yeah. And then he started last game of the season scored. That that's the competitiveness they have at City, so we need it, yeah. and I think someone you know we've had it in the likes of the Lalanos and Shakiris, and similar you know similar type of thing, but not in that from free position really. Yeah, I know Lalana and Shakiri can do a job up there, but Mirino is, is is a forward. Yeah. you know he's he's a, he's, a, he's an attacking winger, and that will be competition for those places. So yeah, I mean let's let's hope he has a great game. Let's, let's hope that Liverpool win, and what more can you say? Like you know, I think the only other thing I'd probably want to mention is. From what I've seen, playing-wise, obviously the, the league, the Prem this season, has got some amazing teams in it, it's got some amazing players in it. Um, Van Dijk seems to, not I wouldn't say struggle is the word, but Richarlison really gives him a game. Strong boy, isn't strong boy, Richarlison. Yeah, do you think, like, I don't I don't think we're going to rest Van Dijk, I don't think we can, can afford, Van Dijk is probably one of the players that if we were to rest Van Dijk, the team looks completely different. So I can't see him resting Van Dijk, but do you think Richarlison... Might get the better of him. Well, he he got the header, didn't he? As it was with the five three, yeah. three, yeah. Um, and I think he got two in that game. I'm right in saying I can't quite remember. But um, I I don't think we're going to fall to a strong like Nardi, you know. Because um, I think Everton have got a really strong forward line. To have and say under Ancelotti, they're going to be hard to beat. Yeah. As I say, I think it's going to be a tough game. I think he'll play it mixed. I think they won't be. It won't be a team of kids, mm. but it'll be a mixed team. I think there'll be four or five kept on from. You know Sheffield United, and I think it'll be a very tight game. I say one goal either way, but we'll see. You know, let's hope it's a, a five-four filler. Yeah, and a Rigi <laughs> stepped up and does what Rigi does. You know, I just don't. Yeah. I just don't want to lose it. Yeah. I, I remember the first derby I ever went to was in Goodison, same as yourself, yeah. two thousand and four, and um, we got beat one nil. Um, Carsley scored oh, Lee Carsley crap goal as well, it, it was it? Yeah, it was like dribbled in didn't yeah. it oh. but like I was I was actually sitting in the Gladys Street end um, my mate had got me a ticket sitting uh. in the Gladys Street end I was sitting about two rows down for that everyone under the age of 25 is going to be like uh. what is he talking about now I was sitting two rows down from Rhino from Gladiators was there. <laughs> it was an absolute monster like, <laughs> but I was sitting two rows down from him and like the atmosphere was Unreal, like we say about obviously the, Anf- yeah. the Anfield atmosphere, and like Anfield is electric on Champions League nights, and even in the league yeah. now at the minute, like you go to Goodison on a derby day, it's an old school ground, isn't it? And there's a real hatred there. Oh. There was a there was a lad who was a Liverpool fan, Lewis Garcia, midway through second half at the bar at the at the Gladys Street end, and this lad in a Liverpool shirt jumped up and was like, oh. 
And like these fellas jumped on him and done him in in the middle of the stadium. Oh, God. The, all the stewards ran over, grabbed the Liverpool fan, threw him out of the ground, and everyone yeah. cheered. Like there is that level of women around me in the forties, like yeah. shouting abuse that I have never heard before in my life. We lost that game, and to be honest, like it was probably one of the few derbies where I was a little bit glad that we didn't score because I think I'd have been killed in the middle of the stadium. Yeah. But the the hatred that was there and the passion that they had to sort of suck that ball into the net of the, at the well let's put ourselves in an Everton fans you know shoes okay so you're an Everton fan you you know let's be honest here now and I don't want to get ridiculed by Everton fans you're a mid table Premier League team that's what you are at best you you top eight okay you've had a couple of runs in the top six and stuff because you know a few points here and there you've had a couple of good runs but you're a mid table team you've watched your rivals win. As I say, two Champions Leagues. This is our lifetime. Yeah. Two Champions Leagues, you know, numerous amounts of FA Cups, League Cups, you know, we're world champions, all this, and you're watching it and it's in your face. You know, we are the unbearables. You, you, you've got to have that hatred. And Everton used to be better than Liverpool. That's yeah. the thing. And, and, you know, people, they hold on to that, you know, but I can understand the hatred because it, they're just jealous, Danny. It's called jealousy. Yeah. You know, you see kids at uh, a young age from the age of three and four be jealous of other kids. <laughs> and that's what Everton fans resort into when they play Liverpool. They're just jealous of how good we are. Yeah. You get the odd toffee that turns around and goes, you know what, fair play to Liverpool, want to see them do well. You know, but that's... Ones living in the city don't do that. And especially the way we were. <laughs> like, I was actually looking and looked at the starting lineup when they beat us 1-0 in that okay. derby that I went to. Our starting, you think of this starting lineup in comparison to our team. Now. Go on, let's, let's go through it, shall we? So we had Kirkland and goal. Right. Right back was Yosemi. Right. Centre backs with Carragher and Hippier, Reeser at left back. Okay. Uh, two holding midfielders of Didi Haman and Salaf Diaw. Right. And then a, a three in front of them of Cinema Pongol, Gerard and Kuhl and Mella up top up top on his own. Yeah. And they scraped a one 0 against us in that game. Yeah. Like that was the that was the season to be fair, that was the season where we won the Champions League at the end of the season. Yeah. So we were resting a few players in that game, we were resting yeah. Alonso, we were resting Barros and stuff like that. Yes. But Everton have gone through in our lifetime watching us win stuff with that type of team. Yeah. Like we sort of you think like one, how like how blessed we are watching the team that we've got now in comparison to that. We really are. Like sort of like 10, 15 years difference. Um but but you would be fuming, and Everton, I think now are getting this taste. They've suddenly got this manager. They've got all this money coming in. Yeah. They've got the new stadium coming, and they're thinking to themselves, "We we could challenge Liverpool, yeah." And I think they're getting a bit ahead of themselves because I think we are just another planet to what they're on at the minute. But if they can get one over on us here, yeah. as you said, I, I don't. Think be their biggest, be their biggest role probably the last decade if, if Everton beat you know Liverpool this week, as I say. And, I think they've got a chance, and um, I wouldn't say that. But, yeah. But unless I meant it, I think they have got a chance. It, it all depends if like the the big guns of our team turn up. You know, if if we rest, say you rest Manny and Firmino, but he starts Salah and Salah turns up, like you know, on his day he's unplayable. Same yeah. with Manny, same with Firmino. You know, so it's just as you say, if Richarlison has a great game and Liverpool, I think it's the only shame for Bunt. If we play below average and they play a step up. And there's a chance, and it's the yeah. FA Cup. I think people lose the magic of the FA Cup. But anyway, so what? what why don't we do we score prediction um, for the Liverpool game? I'm an Everton um, game. I'm gonna go Liverpool one nil, and I'm gonna say a goal from Miramino. What about yourself? I. This is the first podcast, and you want to be all positive, don't you? But yeah. I, I honestly think we're gonna rest a lot of players. Yep. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for. I'm going to go for uh, I want to say a draw but I'm, I'm going to go for, I'm going to go for an Everton win 
Okay. Because, because only because of the fact I don't think that like our bench isn't strong. I don't think it's not good enough. But I honestly think the Klopp is focusing on the Bigger league, and I, don't blame, and I don't blame him. Yeah. And that's what I want is for him to focus on the league. So if we get beat, it won't bother me. I'll be yeah. gutted. Yeah. My family texting yeah. me, but but I can I can see Everton potentially winning this. Just just don't go on social media for a day or two. Yeah, that, that's the best thing to do. Well, guys, you are listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road, and our next discussion is our debate, Dejan Lovren. Hi guys, this is Danny here for Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Thank you so much for tuning into the pod. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, get weekly updates from us regarding all things Liverpool and the connection to the island of Ireland. Also, if you could give us a like and share it with your friends, we'd really appreciate that so we can reach as many people as possible. Liverpool fans, lovers of football and people who just love listening to accents that they can hardly understand. Thanks again for listening and remember to subscribe to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. You'll never walk alone. So guys, if you've got any input or have an opinion on what we've discussed, get us on the Facebook page at Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Road. So, Dejan Lovren. Okay. <laughs> so, um, basically what we're asking, what our debate is today is, is he good enough to play for Liverpool? We have different opinions. Um, I think we'll start off with Danny first. What is your opinion on Dejan Lovren? Okay. So we signed in 2014. Okay. He's been to what a World Cup final with Croatia. He's been to two Champions League finals. He's obviously a Champions League winner. He's famous as probably peak of Liverpool was a Dortmund goal. You know, the comeback in the Europa yep. League. He's 30 years of age. He's got a good bit of experience about him. He, um, still, he was born on the 5th of July 1989. Okay? He's made 129 appearances for Liverpool, scoring five goals. Okay? He's 57 Croatia caps, I think scoring six goals. And he's been at Lyon, Dynamo Zagreb and Southampton. So he's got lots of experience. Um I think as I'm going through those stats, you can see that I am of the favour of him playing for our club and being good enough. But what do you think, Danny? Do you know what? Like I think stats stats can hide a multitude of sins. Jimmy <laughs> Traore has won a Champions League. Anderson yeah. has won the Prem. Yeah. I think Lovren, yes, he got to a World Cup final on the back of Luka Modric. Uh, he got to a Champions League final on the back of Salah and Mane and the likes of Van Dijk and people like that. For me... He's, he's just he's not a good enough starter. Yes, he can sit there as a fourth choice centre back, and that's fine. But he worries the life out of me. Maybe part of it's because Van Dijk is so good that I think he makes it. He makes anybody else look right. distinctly average. But for me, when Lovren plays, he looks like there's got there's, like there's mistakes in him constantly. He yeah. constantly looks like he doesn't quite know what he's doing. And you watch back that Croatia run on the way to the World Cup final. Him and your boy playing centre back with him, they looked awful right away throughout that World Cup run and yet they got to the final because he rode it on the back of other boys I don't mind Lovren sitting on the bench coming on in the odd FA Cup different things like this the thought of Lovren starting a Premier League game scares the life out of me because I just think he's full of mistakes he's full of just he, he miskicks the ball he, he, he misplaces passes all the time for the for the back line that we've got now like, and I think I am very pro Gomez like I love Gomez he's such a we good we all player. like Gomez yeah the thought of Lovren starting in front of him, the thought of, of Lovren being able to play at the level that Gomez is playing at. Gomez is so much younger than him. Yeah. But the thought of Lovren being able to play at that level, it just I don't think you can do it. I think you look at Lovren standing alone just on Lovren's performance. I think Southampton was was probably his level of where he should be. Right. Like I, I don't think he's good enough to like the thought a bit like Jimmy Troy in Champions League or Anderson and the Prem and different things like that. 
Lovren to have a Premier League medal, a Champions League medal, a World Cup min- winners medal. You sort of looking at it, and like I think I'll look at the end of his career and just think this boy has, has robbed a career of someone. How he's managed to get in there, and he's passionate. And I think that goes. There's a lot in that. He's passionate about Liverpool. He loves being there. He's a really good club man. But but as a player, for me, he's nowhere near good enough for a starting eleven. Right. Okay. So I'm gonna my counter argument here, guys. <laughs> I think, as you say, I think um, I don't think he makes our starting eleven. Mm. Okay. Um, but I don't think he's much worse than Gomez or um, Matip. I think what Lovren's problem is, is that he tries to play. I think before Van Dijk coming, mm. he was trying to be that leader. He was trying to be the player that could pass the ball on the floor and trying to be a player. And that's, it's just he's not that like that. Yeah. If Lovren keeps it to defending, I think he's a really decent defender. He's got a mistake in him. Yeah, he has. So did Carragher. Do you think about Carragher's mistakes? But he made mistakes. You know, I'm not trying to say Lovren is the same league as Carragher. What I'm trying to say is that his mistakes have been highlighted. He's an easy scapegoat. Yeah. And if he just sticks to defending, I think he's actually really good. His positioning is good. I think sometimes he gets caught out. He's not as fast as maybe Gomez. He's not as fast as Matip. And you've got to realise, these boys are playing next to, uh, next to um, Van Dijk. I think that's, it. that's where Liverpool fans can be a bit... I, a guy said to us on our Facebook page, actually, Jamie Higgs, he's the best fourth choice centre back in the league, and I would agree with that. You know, I think he's probably joined, joined second along with Matip and Gomez. I don't think he's any worse than them boys. I think Gomez has got the youth on his side, and he will be better than. Mm. But I think right now, love, he got injured there. I think he played about eight games in a row there before he got injured. Yeah. And it, that's when we started to keep our clean sheets, and he played really well. And he, no one mentioned him. And that's, it's a bit like when Lucas used to play for Liverpool, a bit like Henderson category. When you don't mention Dejan Lovren, He's had a good game. But as soon as he makes one mistake, boom, everyone's all over him. Yeah. Loving this, loving <laughs> And he's the easy scapegoat. I honestly think, be careful what you wish for. He's 30 years of age. He's got good experience around the dressing room. Okay, he never quite won the World Cup with Croatia. And you may, you may say people carried him. Um, I haven't looked in-depth analysis of those games, so no. But I know that you can't be that bad if you're getting in a World Cup final team. If, you've, you know, if you're playing in two Champions League final squads, you can't be that bad. Klopp's a good juxta character. Klopp tried to keep him in the summer when, you know, we... Other teams looking to sign him. Yeah, I think you trust Klopp. And I think you. I think Lovren is not the worst. We've had worse centre backs in, in in the past. Remember Pellegrini and there's a few other points. <laughs> you know, the, the point is, is that I, I take your point. I think what Dejan Lovren's problem is is that he tries to be a footballer. Yeah, he's not. He's just a defender. When he tries to be a footballer and tries to do stupid passes or stupid runs, that's when he looks stupid. Um, or sometimes he can try and read the play quick, and he gets caught out because he's not the fastest. But I think as a defender. Yeah. There's worse out there. And I just think if we got with a Lovren... Look, look at us now with Matty and Lovren injured. We've only got Gomez. And I think there's a, a young boy come back from loan, loan there that could play in the FA Cup. We're short in that position. So I think be careful. If you get rid of Lovren, then, you know, who are you going to replace him with? Yeah. And I think if he's happy, happy enough sitting on the bench, coming in even there and getting all his medals, I think fair play to him. And I think as long as he doesn't try and play football, I think he's, he's a place from an R squad. Um, agreed he's not a starter for me um, probably in two or three years time and Gomez probably becomes that starter with Van Dijk but yeah I think he's a scapegoat and I think for me days and if he, if he leaves Liverpool he weakens our squad uh, our squad so yeah that's my opinion do you, do you think though in the current way that we play do you think Lovren's got a place in that team though because you think you look at the last game that Lovren played we play we play every single game we play a high line we yes. play a, a 
a back line right up on that yeah. halfway line with your two fullbacks pushing right up the field. Henderson, Fabino, Wijnaldum, whoever, dropping back into that. Last time we watched Lovren play, we played that high line and they targeted Lovren. Of course. Shock him, tra- because of the fact that he's got no pace. But sure, it's and if Klopp's wanting to play that game... I get that. Like, Lovren, but sure, any, 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 any centre-back against Van Dijk, the other team are going to target him. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who you're sticking next to Van Dijk. The other team are going to target them. So the other, the other centre back next to Van Dijk is never because Van Dijk's the best centre back in the world at the moment. Yeah, and probably has been for the last year or two, and probably will be yeah. for next year or two. Any centre that plays next to him is going to be. Look at Phil Jones at United. Would you rather Phil Jones? <laughs> do, 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 <laughs> that is a very good point. Using that as an argument, then. Did you see what I'm trying to say here? I just think be careful what you're supposed to put on. I'm not trying to say he's going to be he's a world beater or he's going to go down in the history books. What I'm trying to say is he's a good squad player. He does a job, and when he does, when he defends and does nothing else, um, I think he's definitely, definitely got a place in our squad, and he's not as bad as people make out. Yeah, he's got a mistake in him, but so's Arnold. Yeah, Van Dijk, he's made a couple of big mistakes. Allison has made mistakes. Yeah, and, and you know, there's a bit. I don't want to say prejudiced because that's a bit extreme. Yeah, but I think you know, there's there's a, a soft spot, a soft touch with Van Dijk where, sorry, with Lovren where he gets a bit of stick. And he doesn't get the leeway that maybe other players would. And yeah. I think there'll be a lot of Liverpool fans out there that would agree when he just offends, he doesn't look out of place. Um, he hasn't got the pace, but sure, Carrigan never did. Hippie never did. Mm. Do you know what you're trying to say, Danny? I know what you mean. It's just, it's just a worry for me that with Lovren, like, yes, the other boys have had mistakes in them and all the rest of it. But for me, if you play Lovren, you've got to play an entirely different system to what we're playing at the minute. You have to play a deeper line because Lovren yeah. can't play that high line because... You put a fast winger against him, mm. you put a fast striker against him, he's getting beat every single time. But and I think Van Dijk sees that, and I think he, he worries a little bit. Van Dijk has to work so much harder when Lovren's on the pitch. Mm. Um, so I think you have to you have to change a system when Lovren comes in. And I agree, I agree. Obviously, Klopp, Klopp, see, Klopp sees something in Lovren in order to keep him there, and I think Lovren must be buzzing mm. that he is sitting there as fourth choice potentially going to win the Premier yeah. League not having to do all that much mm. but is still an integral but part look of the squad a course of a season and if they change system there's times where Liverpool have to change the system yeah. and Lovren fits in I think the experience you know he's 30 so he's still got a couple of years in him you know the experience in the dressing room and as I say if nothing else he's best friends at Mo Salah so that's going to be weird that's going to be weird something well uh, what's your opinion on um, Deja Lovren guys contact us on the Facebook page at Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road that's the end of the pod t- today we'll be back um, next week um, hope you liked us guys um, give us your feedback on the Facebook page if you'd like to be a guest or potentially sponsor us in any way contact the Facebook page or myself or Danny and thank you very much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road you'll never walk alone Podcast Network.